hard-hitting questions coming out of yesterday. You know, I think one of them was uh, whether or not the horns down is going to be 15-yard penalty uh, in the SEC in the future. That it was very important to finish uh, and to collect the trophy and to win 10 games and win a game on New Year's Day and all those things. And uh, believe me, we had a great belief in our locker room. We didn't have to do anything special, just be us. I was so proud of this team. We had so much fun, it ought to be illegal. I said in my press conference back in December that I didn't feel like there was anything at South Carolina that we lacked to be a championship program, that we had everything that we needed. I am even more convinced of that now after being there for seven months. So there's a report in the Houston Chronicle that, that Texas and Oklahoma are inquiring about joining the SEC. <laughs> I bet they would. <laughs> War Eagle. It was good to say that. All right. <clears throat> I didn't even remember that 12 years ago, but now that you say that, because I believe there was something about someone didn't have Tebow first team all SEC. And as usual, I was accused of that. So <laughs> I brought my ballot to, to show everyone, to show Urban. Um, so. Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State. Oh, welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you doing, you SEC champion, Homer? <laughs> what about the balls, baby? <laughs> hey, little inside info. This is just how big of a fan Cousin Shane is. He hit up the text thread after the game. Hey, did we win? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm messing with it. Uh, we got a couple of buddies that, that claim to be extremely diehard basketball fans. It's like, you know, like... Where were you in the 90s, brother? You right. know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, now now that we're winning SEC championships or competing in the NCAA tournament, you know, now it's a big deal. But uh, I give them a hard time. You know, but those are the kind of fans that I love. And I, I give them a hard time because I do watch. I, I watch crucial games. I don't watch every game. I don't watch, you know, uh, week three against no nobody team out of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Colorado or whatever. But – when it gets down to tournament play, I, I did watch a little bit and keep an eye on it. And it was nice to know that the Volunteers finally won an SEC championship. It's, not, it's never happened in my lifetime. You know what I'm saying? It's been over 40 years since we were able to bring that piece of hardware back to Knoxville. So mm-hmm. I, I am I'm very happy for the Volunteers. very happy for all the fans that are supportive of the basketball and, and have been down there in the, in the dog days, you know? So it, it's just, it's just a good victory. And, and like I said, anytime you can put hardware in, in your trophy case, that's a, that's a good day, Mike. Yeah. And I, I like to give uh, the Tennessee Homer a little hard time here, but I do know for a fact <laughs> he was watching the Kentucky one. That was, you know, the SEC yeah. championship. That's great. But for Tennessee fans, you know, playing Kentucky, that's kind of like your Super Bowl. Just it with, is. with the history and the back and forth and Kentucky owning Tennessee for so long. And now, now it's a, you know, now it's about a 50, 50 uh, game here. You know what? Yeah. You know, and what's funny is, you know, I am a Tennessee Homer and for many, many years, I just focused on one team and one team alone. And since we've been doing this podcast, Mike, and we were talking about the other day, what going on four years now, 
Um, you know, Kentucky, I, I, maybe because we have so many Kentucky fans and, and now they're on, on my timeline, you know, because I follow a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of great dudes, a lot of great girls out there. Strong fan base. And, and it is kind of funny here lately between the football, between – like for many years we didn't have to worry about – losing to Kentucky in a football game. Right. And for many years, they didn't have to worry about losing a basketball game to Tennessee. And it's like, the, we're in the upside down. We don't know exactly what's <laughs> going to happen. We're flipping a coin during these games, and we come out with excuses when our team loses. And then, of course, we can't stop bragging when our team wins. So this this Kentucky-Tennessee thing has really been heating up. And I don't know if maybe I'm just starting to notice it more now that we're doing this podcast, but – it's just fun, man. I love rivalries and I love talking shit, and, and they love talking shit too, Mike. Don't, don't trust me, man. There's there's been many a times we lose to Kentucky, and I just turn those those notifications off for a day, <laughs> but not not tonight, baby. <laughs> yeah, so that's about as in depth as we can go on basketball. But you know, it is such a huge week, and they just yeah. we waited for uh, the selection committee to reveal the bracket. So I'm just gonna quickly run down the game, Shane, and. Like I said, we we probably couldn't even name a handful of, of players here, to so we're not going to give you any analysis on these games at this point in time. But we do got six teams in the field, Shane. We got Kentucky, a number two seed. They're going to mm-hmm. play somebody called St. Peter's. Yeah. Kentucky's favored by <laughs> 17 and a half, so you know they should cruise in that one, looks like. Auburn, mm-hmm. number two seed in the Midwest, hell of a season. They won the mm-hmm. SEC regular season. They're playing Jacksonville State. And Auburn's a 17-point favorite. Okay. Tennessee's a three-seed in the South. A two-seed? Oh, a three-seed. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> they're playing uh, Cousin Shane's alma mater here, Longwood. It, uh, they're a 14-seed mm. here. <laughs> uh, Tennessee favored by 16-and-a-half in that matchup. Arkansas's a four-seed in the West. They're playing Vermont. Mm-hmm. The Razorbacks favored by five-and-a-half. And then we got LSU at the sixth seed in the Midwest. They're favored by four and a half over Iowa State. And then last but not least, we got Alabama. They're a sixth seed in the West. But uh, we don't know who they're going to be playing yet because it's one of those deals, Shane, where it's uh, there's a play-in game on Wednesday. It's going to be Rutgers mm-hmm. and Notre Dame. And whoever wins between Rutgers and Notre Dame, they'll play Alabama. So don't have a point spread for that one just yet. But six teams in the SEC or excuse me, on, NCAA tournament should have been seven. Texas A&M, I think, should have got in there. But, you know, it should be a fun week uh, for the rest of the SEC, those six fan bases that got in there. You know what? Absolutely, man. It's just – it's it's good to see the SEC do well. We just need them to win. You know what I'm saying? We just need yeah. one of these guys to pop up, win a natty. I'm tired of hearing all this Duke talk and this – you know, Gonzaga talk, and it's just Arizona. I mean, just come on. Let's close. Now, you, you jumped on here for a football podcast. I just named four teams in the NCAA tournament. You know, Mike, it, it's ready. Do we have football news? I love basketball, but come on, baby. We got some football <laughs> news, don't we? <laughs> we do, and, you know, we cannot even confirm or deny that this is necessarily SEC-related, but – whether it is or it isn't, it's going to have ramifications in the SEC, no doubt. And I want to talk about this, Shane. We'll throw it. Let's credit the Athletic here for breaking the news. I, I believe this broke late Friday evening. Mm-hmm. But uh, according to the Athletic, this is, uh, I think it was Stuart Mandel and, and David Ubbin, who's covered Tennessee for many years for the Athletic. 
there's an athlete currently a high school prospect unnamed they can't, they can't say who it is apparently getting an 8 million dollar mm. NIL deal now it's not you know you, you throw out all these figures and you say my god 8 million dollars to go to a, a school with it doesn't quite work out that way according to the athletic it's $350,000 immediately and i believe it's going to be monthly payments to where after 3 years in college it will total around $8 million. Mm-hmm. But this is huge, Shane. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously after this story was announced, again, not <laughs> confirming or denying, but, oh, man, all these crystal balls start coming in for Tennessee and a five-star quarterback. Mm-hmm. We know Arch Manning's out there. could be him. I, I'm not throwing any allegations at anybody, but it's just pretty wild, Shane, isn't it, that, uh, you know, this is where we are a, a year or so after NIL was announced and, I don't know. I just wanted to get your thoughts because I did see the uh, balls with the money sign retweet from Cousin Shade. So I got to imagine that uh, you're pretty fired up about this one. Well, I I mean, put your money where your mouth is, brother. I mean, you look at the SEC champions that have come through here. You look at the national champions that have come through here. You do it with a good quarterback. And we all know this NIL thing has popped up and it was going to be muddy. Mm-hmm. We didn't know exactly how it was going to play out. You know, earlier this year, I started learning about this uh, committee or what are they calling themselves? It's Collect- like, it's like they're a, called all the collectives. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, this is the future and, until somebody ties down some, some rules. Uh, it's, it is kind of the wild, wild west, and they're kind of finding themselves. But I think this is a glimpse now, of the future. Hold on real second, Shane, because maybe I'll yeah. a- explain that a little bit more in depth for because maybe yeah. maybe some people are totally unaware of what a collective is. And, and of course, with the NIL, you know, it's it's easy to point at A&M and, there's, and you know, you say like Jimbo and, all, and A&M's right. paying all this money. These NILs and these collectives, they have – they're not even run by the school. So we need to make no. that clarification. But – what when we say collective, what that is is essentially, let's say, Tennessee supporters or Alabama supporters right. or Georgia supporters, and they pool their money together via this what's called a collective. And you know, maybe a fan puts in a hundred bucks, maybe a fan puts in a thousand, mm-hmm. maybe a fan puts in a million. I mean, there's, I right. don't, I don't believe there's a limit to anything you can do. But if you pool all those resources together, obviously you can do a lot more with that and i have heard from boosters of programs saying you know they they're asking for money and they're asking for <laughs> incredible incredible amounts more than you would have ever imagined and that's how you get uh, an offer here for eight million dollars for an unnamed mm-hmm. prospect that i have to assume is a quarterback and uh, you know read into that how you will but I'm sorry, just to, I didn't want to cut you off. But I just wanted to explain that no, a little no, no, further. No, no, and it's important too. Can you kind of explain? I mean, because what why there's so much smoke where there's fire kind of situation here is what states are allowed to do this mm-hmm. as high school athletes. Not not every high school athlete in the United States has equal rights for, I guess, getting money for name image likeness right now. Is that right? There's only a handful of states that that legally allow it. Right. So you have to remember when this all came about, Shane, I believe it was Florida was the first state to pass it. Mm -hmm. And a quarter, like a a day later, Georgia said, well, hell, we're in it because you can't fall behind the Gators. 
And then Alabama was right around the corner. And all these states, one by one, it was a domino effect. And it was just going across the country. And the NCA kind of washed their hands of it and said, we're going to allow this across the country, no restrictions. But there's still a state-by-state differences. And California is a unique state to where you can collect NIL even in high school. Mm-hmm. And a perfect example is the state of Texas, Shane, where they are not allowed to do this. And, yeah. you know, this is something we hit on about a year ago because there was an elite quarterback in the state of Texas. His name was uh, – his name's Ewers. I, I think it's Quinn Ewers. And he was the guy that went to Ohio State. He basically said, okay, I'm surrendering. I'm not going to go to high school my senior season because I got a million-dollar offer. I'm going to go play for Ohio <laughs> State, get that NIL. And he has right. since transferred all back to Texas. So, <laughs> hey, credit him, man. That was just his smooth way of getting a million early. But, you know, that's why he left the state of Texas because they were right. they are not allowed to take his money. Now, in California, they are. So, mm-hmm. this is a California athlete. Now, here's the tricky situation, Shane. You are not allowed to pay a prospect NIL money for his commitment. Right. Now – but but <laughs> <laughs> you get you're supposed to you know you're supposed to wait for them to to get there if it's a if it's a collective but again these states allow it so it's just a it's an interesting situation and here's another another added layer to this Shane you know I'll just go out there I I'm in a weird spot here because I don't know what I'm supposed to say and what I'm not supposed to say but there's you know, the the rumors are this is a quarterback headed to Tennessee potentially. Right. But there is nothing in place that says Alabama, Georgia, UCLA, you name the school, can't say, oh, $8 million. We like him. Here's $10 million. And he's they're allowed right. to do that. So this is by no means a, a done deal. And uh, that that's where we are with this NIA. I mean, they can accept a better offer. That right. may be coming down the pike. So, uh, again, this is not, uh, you know, someone paying and they've locked down a recruit because we're, we are literally in the wild west of this stuff. But, uh, you know, this is potentially what it's going to take for a team like a Tennessee potentially to mm-hmm. lock down maybe the next Cam Newton and, and turn the fortunes of the program. Is every right. player worth $8 million? Hell no. But if you are at a disadvantage on the football field right now, and here's your opportunity. We all know how important a quarterback is. Look at LSU with Joe Burrow, how that thing turned right. around. And Alabama, they've been dominant with these quarterbacks. Hell, they've been dominant regardless, but they took it to another <laughs> level with these right. quarterbacks. Look at A&M when they had Johnny Manziel, Auburn with Cam Newton. We could go on and on. Mississippi State with Dak Prescott. I mean, it's just such a game changer. It's an equalizer. And if your roster does not quite stack up with an Alabama, with a Georgia – but you have a major, major advantage at that quarterback spot, you can close that gap much, much quicker. So at the end of the day, it may be worth it for a school like a Tennessee uh, to to make this offer. And again, we're not saying that's specifically who this is, but right. th- that is, you know, you, but you that's, know, you'd have to that, be an idiot not to at. see that online, you know? Yeah, but to pretend that this wasn't happening in years past is, is what's laughable to me. Is yeah. you know when you get online, you see people talk about, oh my god, I can't believe they're paying recruits. Mm-hmm. Do you think they weren't paying recruits in the '80s or the '90s? 
Hell, we just got busted handing out McDonald's bags. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is this is happening, and it has been happening for a long, long time. The the joke about Saban's Chargers running around. People are getting paid to play college now. They're right. not getting it paid from the university, but they're but now they can be open about it. And and if you think some of these contracts that these kids are signing aren't going to be, I, I don't know what you said. Like you made an interesting comment that it's not. How did you word that? With the uh, like signing the letter of intent is not a stipulation for signing this NIL likeness deal. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Yeah, you're but, not you're not allowed to write that in at any point. And these contracts cannot even have the name of the school in it. But the but way it has to be implied, man. I, I mean, when you're throwing eight million dollars around, it mm-hmm. has to, there's something attached to it because these guys are too smart. These girls and guys. They're way too smart to just put together this much money and hope a kid comes to the university. They're not going to do that without some sort of contingency plan or backup or wormhole to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Well, it is interesting you mentioned that, Shane, because I, I assume a lot of people now would also say with the transfer portal and everything that goes with that, what's to stop a guy from signing and then immediately huh. turning around and leaving like the quarterback that went to Ohio State, now he's at Texas. Now, apparently, they're writing into these NIL deals. You know, they can't stop you from doing that. They can't stop you from transferring. But what they can do is it doesn't matter what school you're at. We control your NIL, all the money you get from it. So let's say a guy was to go to Tennessee and then after a year say, well, hell, I'm going to Georgia. Mm -hmm. Feel free, brother. But every dollar you make in NIL we control it so it, it would yeah. it would not be in that player's advantage to to transfer if that makes sense right yeah no i don't know it's like i said it is muddy and it is murky and it's going to take a while for it to level out and, but i mean it we were expecting something like this last year but i i got a text from a buddy um i want to say it was toward the end of the last season about these committees mm-hmm. and, and basically they're running these donation pages and if you want to be a part of it, if you want to be part of the next quarterback or running back or defensive back or whoever's coming to your team, you can literally give these guys money just like you would a, a GoFundMe page. And and next thing you know, the more money you got to play with or the more money this, these committees got to play with, the more recruits you're going to have on your campus. And I love the fact that Tennessee name keeps, keeps throwing around right now. As a Tennessee fan, I, I like it, man. Hey, Tennessee's ready to pay. We want to pay for national championships. We want to pay to be good again, you know. So I, I'm I'm all for it. But again, I can see opposing fan bases, you know, getting away from from you know what we were raised. It's it's different. Times are different, man. You know, times are changing, and and it's it. There's going to be some adjustment periods, just like there was with this transfer portal. There's going to be adjustments with this NIL, and I don't think. You know, there's there's a lot of people chirping, and and it wouldn't surprise me if if something comes out of this where we, you know, we're I don't know somebody somebody gets exposed. I mean, there's going to be a lot of loose ends here. So I just when you're talking that much money, I I just I don't know, man. These guys are they're just too smart. They have to be when you're talking that many zeros to just you know let a kid have money just in case they come to your university. It just blows my mind. So. I'm kind of interested. I am very interested to see how this plays out. What do you think old Pruitt's thinking about, Shane, after this is 
kind of what he was doing. He got kicked to the curb. Of course, he was doing it illegally. NIL, he, there's nothing He'd done signed, man. He would have done signed. We wouldn't even heard about this $8 million. It'd already been – you know what I'm saying? He'd roll up to school committed. So, uh, no, you got – that's what's – if this is university, where, again, we're not – we don't like to speculate, but – you know, if this is Tennessee, they they are under investigation, so they got to be really careful <laughs> how this situation plays out. So, uh, but I don't know, man. I, it, it is what it is, and, and and if it is true, hell yeah, give me a give me a top tier quarterback at my university, baby. I'll I would rather win a natty and then go back on probation than just go back to a six win season. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I don't want to go back there. We're moving forward, baby. <laughs> All right, hey, one other thing, Shane. Last thing I got on the uh, on the show will make us a, a quick one, a little Monday uh, pod here for everybody. But uh, we do got another football question, Shane, and let's let's credit uh, a fan here reached out to the show, hit us up on Twitter. I'm going to throw it up here on the YouTube page. But uh, he goes by uh, TTW, and he's at Absurdly T. Love the podcast, and it got me thinking, which teams beat their win total from last year? Would love to hear your thoughts on who takes a step forward based purely on wins. Uh, For reference, with all the seniors that left Arkansas, do the Razorbacks take a step back in the wins column? So, uh, any thoughts on this one, Shane? The teams that you think are going to be taking a step back, just purely based on uh, wins and losses, and you know, I don't know that there's really a wrong answer because here in the SEC, goodness, I mean, you could be one of the top 25 teams in the country, and mm-hmm. you're looking at seven and five, six and six, eight and <laughs> four, because it's just such an incredibly difficult league. You know what? Yeah. Maybe a slightly confusing on that question, but we thought it'd be easier just to consider the regular season because it, mm-hmm. it'd be very easy to sit here and look at Georgia and say, well, hell, they won 14 games last year. <laughs> yeah. But that includes SEC championship. That includes two playoff games. You know, so just regular season is what Shane and I are going to be discussing here. And again, he's not necessarily saying who's going to be better, but it's not going to show up. He wants to know. Mm-hmm. Who's going to stay, take a step forward in the win column next season? And, again, we're just doing regular season from last year because mm-hmm. it's a little bit more fair to all 14. But we'll start with Alabama, Shane. They went 11-1. and one. Only loss in the regular season, of course, was Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on that one? More likely to, to win 12 or, or win 10, I guess, is basically what he's asking. It's a tough question, but I, I think – I think Alabama's best team is coming back this year, man. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I think they showed you know a little glimpse of it last year. They 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 got a little streaky. Uh, some games I think they weren't able to close out quite like Saban would want. Uh, that comes with a you know with seniority on that team as a young ball club. So I like Alabama to take a step forward, if you will. Uh, I think I think Alabama. This is Alabama's season to lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not really buying the talk, Shane, that because, uh, hell, I'm getting asked on these radio shows that I do, is this going to be the best Alabama team ever and all that? I'm no. not ready to go that far. But that being said, I'm not picking anyone other than <laughs> Alabama at this point in time. So I, right. I think you nailed that one. I think Alabama's looking like the best team in the SEC right now. And, and hell, 
they were already looking like it, and then they added a couple key transfers to <laughs> to help the roster. So, yeah, I, I'm more likely I think Alabama takes a slight step forward. Now, here's an interesting one, Shane. Ole Miss, 10 wins last season, 10-2 and two in the regular season, all-time wins for regular season. But considering, man, they lost both coordinators, lost their starting quarterback, lost so wow. many key pieces – not saying Ole Miss can't top that, but that's one I think is – it's fair to say they'll take a step back from the win column considering they won 10 last year. I think they will, and, and you have to. I, I mean, obviously, when you're losing a stud quarterback that was the heart and soul of that offense, uh, naturally you think there'd be a little bit of drop-off. The only saving grace I think Ole Miss has for them is their schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they got a pretty favorable – Favorable schedule, in my opinion. Yep. They pull Vanderbilt, Kentucky from the east. So, I mean, there's a real chance that that I wouldn't be surprised going into that LSU game if if they're not undefeated. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe not a huge step back because it does get a little it does get a little muddy after that LSU game. I mean, it ramps up real quick with Texas A&M, Alabama, Arkansas. So, I, I I'm going to go small step back, not huge, but. Uh, that's more to do with the schedule than actual body of proof on the field. Mm-hmm. Now, how about Arkansas, Shane? They went eight and four in the regular season. Of course, they won their bowl game. So, you know, don't get confused here. We're not discrediting that, but mm-hmm. we're just talking regular season. Eight and four. That's tough for Arkansas because that's one with an incredibly difficult schedule. But, you know, this could be the best team yeah. ever under Sam Pittman. So, right. I'd say more I, I, likely. I'd say more likely to win more than less for Arkansas. What about you? Yeah, I'm leaning a little bit more, too. I I think Cincinnati, everybody's going to see that first game. I mean, that's a pivotal game. Mm -hmm. And and I think it sets uh, sets the tone for what the Razorbacks want to do. And um, I like the over. Obviously, you're going to have to worry about A&M and Alabama uh, coming up. But I I like the other teams. I mean, just the way the the schedule lays out, there's a real shot – Arkansas can get streaky here and uh, make a run. So, yeah, give me the give me the over. I, I, that's the one I would choose. Now, how about Mississippi State? Shane seven and five in the regular season. Really caught fire there towards the middle of the year. Mm-hmm. That's a tricky one because again, they got a couple non-conference games could go either way. But man, it we just saw glimpses last season of uh, you know it. It really seemed like the offense. I know the bowl game was a dud and, and the Egg Bowl a little <laughs> bit of a dud, but, you know, it's kind of difficult to just look past those games. But Mississippi State was on damn fire there in, yeah. in October, November. And if we get that offense showing up, I think the Pirate can get them to eight. How about you? Right. Or, yeah. or more. Uh, yeah. Or more. I, I think or more. I think that's the thing about Mississippi State, like you said, toward the end – not enough people were talking about them and and what they're bringing back and you know the the pirate system i mean it's it's in place brother i mean it's in full swing and as long as they don't trip out of the gate and especially against memphis golly man this is gonna be a i can't wait to see who's who's umpire in this game but after that (laughs) brother i i think they got a real shot to make some serious noise and and by the time they hit lsu there uh, they should be up and running. They, I mean, it's not a, 
you can't say it's an easy run when you got the West uh, staring down at you, but I think looking at the win total from last year, I like the over just because, again, some of those uh, non-conference opponents, I, I just have a feeling that they're gonna they're just going to wax them, all three of them. Now, Texas, a- of them. Texas A&M, this may be the easiest one on the board, Shane, because they, they went a disappointing eight and four. Yeah. If they go under that, I mean, <laughs> hell, Jimbo just brought in the number one class, but – they're going to be saying, what the hell are we doing here, Jimbo, if they uh-huh. go – if they, they win seven or less, don't you think? So, it, we we got to go over for the Aggies. Oh, my God, absolutely. And you know what I love about the Aggie schedule is is it – it's you want to talk about tuning up, brother. I mean, when you start out with Sam Houston High School and the <laughs> Appalachian Community College and then you go down to always struggling Miami, I mean, by the time you start facing serious opponents, if you ain't got your shit figured out by then, you don't deserve – to, to be considered one of the best coaches in the SEC, in my opinion. Uh, there's no reason to stumble. There's no reason to, to, to you know, mess up. And, and I think what else is important, Mike, here, I, I think Jimbo had a rude awakening last year with quarterback preparation. Mm-hmm. I think he put all his eggs in one basket and it bit him. And, and I don't think we have that. I think we're going to see a little bit more uh, splitting of reps, especially here in the offseason. He, he needs to know – What's behind these ones? You know what I'm saying? And the good thing is, boy, they got some serious talent down there. So give me over all day long with Texas A&M. Now, how about Auburn, Shane? It's kind of a mixed bag here. They, they've got a hell of an easy schedule, it looks like, to start yeah. the season. One, only won six games in the regular season last year. Hell, almost beat Alabama. But so much drama in the offseason, new quarterbacks, new coordinators. Man, I, that's – yeah. I don't What's know the, which way to go their win this total. One. Six and six. Uh, uh, quick rundown schedule. We got Mercer, San Jose State, Penn State, Missouri, LSU, Georgia, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, Western Kentucky, and Alabama. Brother, I, I don't know, man. Uh, with and, so and much I changing. Think, here's, here's the wild card with that, Shane. I mean, you look at that, particularly the early part of the schedule, yeah, and you say, well, hell, they should beat a lot of these teams. What happens? I mean, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but what if they stumble and they lose to one of those? That's what I'm. Man, then then the wheels are are seriously going to come off because it's set up to where they could be five and one, six and zero oh, mm-hmm. coming out yeah. the gate. But if they're three and three it's, or four and two, you're like, oh my, what are we doing here, Mike? I mean, when I'm looking at Penn State. And, and say what you want, Missouri, LSU, Georgia, Ole Miss, back to back to back. I mean, there's a real chance that either Brian's getting a raise or he's getting fired. You know, this right. there's there's so much controversy coming into this this season anyway, and I'm just not sold that they're going to be better than six because we don't even know their identity, man. I mean, we got new coordinators and shit. We don't know if Brian. Mm-hmm. It's it just it's almost like Gus Malzahn's back down there again, and we're going through the same. You know, it's deja vu. So, uh, for the time being, to be safe, I'm going to go a step back. So, yeah, I'm not feeling super confident with Auburn right now. Mm-hmm. Now, how about LSU, Shane? Again, also won six last season. And mm-hmm. you would think, you know, they got the talent. Now they got a coach that yeah. no, knows what the hell he's doing. So, maybe an easy over, but they open the season Florida State in New Orleans. So, they should have the home field advantage, even though it's not Tiger Stadium. If you win, I, I mean, I, it's, I've said this before. If they win that game, I think they're going over. It's kind of that yeah. simple. But 
you know, Florida State coach, he's been there four years now, I think, Mike Norvell. Ellie, he's not that great of a coach, but uh, you'd think he'd have an advantage with uh, just, you know, the players knowing his system and having his depth where he wants it. So, you know, that may be a little bit closer to a toss-up game than not, but uh, it, it, yeah. re it really comes down to that one for me, whether LSU goes over or not. Well, I, every year when we have coach changing, you know, there's always one or two that pop, and we think that they're, you know, two or three years ahead of the other guys. Mm -hmm. And I just think – with what LSU has down there and always has had down there, uh, and, and Chip Kelly, this isn't his first rodeo. I, I think they're a team that's going to pop. Um, I think they're a team that, you know, it, you're talking a, a seasoned vet. This isn't a new coach. This isn't his first time head coaching. This is a guy that knows how to run a top-tier program. Um, I give him a hard time, and I'm going to continue to give him a hard time until he starts putting <laughs> victories on the on the scoreboard. But I think LSU pops, and I like the over big time on this one. I think LSU's a sleeper, brother. Now, oh yeah, I, I know you love them Tigers. So it's <laughs> just something about them, man. Now I hope they, you know, when October eighth when they play my balls, I hope they stumble <laughs> a little bit. But uh, I just I, I think coming out of the gate. If they can get past Mississippi State, I think they got a clean slate, brother, until, I mean, late in the season. They, Chip will have this thing running by then, I would imagine. Now, how about Georgia in the East, Shane? I, this one, I think, is a little bit easier because they went undefeated. We're talking regular mm -hmm. season again. 12-0, and 0, you can't do any better than that. So, it's almost an easy – you got to go under, I think. And and that's not to say we're, we're going to go 8-4 and four in Athens this year, but – I think you're much more likely to go 11 and one than you are 12 and zero, uh -huh. if that makes sense. With with all the, you know, the hell they got a stacked roster still. I, I understand that, but you could be yeah. replacing so much elite talent. You got to think Mike, there's there's going to be one slip up. You would think, brother, but I'm going to sidestep this one. I don't think Georgia <laughs> drops any. I don't think they move up because they can't. They can't win a 13th game. But I, I think Georgia just steamrolls every single opponent they play until they get to the mm -hmm. SEC championship. I okay, mean, okay. you're talking about now not playing. In fact, I'm going to say take a step forward because they don't have Alabama on the schedule. Uh, the, their toughest opponent, what I, – I you can't count Oregon. They're a joke, and then we'll stop talking about them after week one. But uh, you got <laughs> – At Kentucky. Kentucky. I mean, that's it, brother. I, I, I mean – Short of Sanford's tripping them up, I just don't see. I don't see that Georgia Bull. In fact, give me the over, man. Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm dead set that these guys are going to be just as. I mean, because it's not like, yeah, they put a lot of people in the NFL. I get mm -hmm. that, but guess what? They're replacing them with other people that are going to be in the NFL. So right. the Georgia is is the Alabama of the East, and they just reload, brother. Mm -hmm. All right, how about this one, Shane, Kentucky? You know, that, I think it's this is going to be the best team of the Mark Stoops era, but we're also saying, you know, not a lot of margin for of error if we're going to top nine wins regular season. They won the bowl game 10 overall, but, you know, can they get to that double-digit mark in the regular season? That's going to be tough, but, uh, you know, I think they, they've got the potential certainly to do it, uh, particularly, you know, if there's no drop-off here switching offensive coordinators. So they had eight last year? No, nine in the regular season. Oh, so we got to get ten. Yeah. Um, yeah. The reason I like Kentucky to get ten is that Florida matchup. Just so early in the season. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think later in the season we may have ourselves a ball game. I think this is going to be the best Kentucky – as far as pros and cons when Kentucky and Florida match up, I, I think it just – 
it's just it's just perfect. So I like it. I like the momentum of their schedule. I mean, you're talking. Look here, Miami of Ohio, Florida, Youngstown State, Northern Illinois, Ole Miss, going to be a tough one there. South Carolina, Mississippi State, a bye week before Tennessee, and then. Coming out of the back of that, you got Mizzou, Vandy, Georgia, Louisville. What a freaking schedule! Mm-hmm. I, I, man, I, yeah, I'm gonna have to go over, man. I just, I, I think this is Kentucky's year to really make some serious noise, and and I know I've I've always you know kind of played them up in the off season, but shit, Mike, if not now, then when? That's it's, uh, we've said that about Georgia forever. Well, that's been replaced now, I think, with Kentucky Wildcats. I mean. If not now, then when? If you're going to seriously compete for the East, you, this has to be the year, brother. A down Florida, a down, you know, a rebuilding yeah. Tennessee, uh, Georgia replacing. I mean, that's that's going to be your biggest game. And November nineteenth, if you ain't got your shit together, then you don't you don't deserve an SEC championship. So, yeah, I like uh, I like the over with Kentucky here. Now, easiest pick on the board for you, Shane. Tennessee seven <laughs> wins regular. Crown season. them, baby. We got to go over. <laughs> On the Vols, don't you think? Absolutely, absolutely. Again, <laughs> down Florida. I think this is this is a good year. I mean, it, it's it sucks when you got LSU, Bama back to back, but you know this ain't this ain't your papa's LSU. So hopefully, hopefully before Chip figures things out, Tennessee gets a good shot. But this is a this is a volunteer program that had a lot of momentum toward the tail end of last season. Got a quarterback coming back, and we're paying for the next quarterback. So I, I think I think Tennessee's a fun place to be right now, and uh, I'd like the over. Yeah, and the two games you, you never can win at Flo- or excuse me, Florida and Alabama, both at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah. and, and this is a hungry, hungry fan base. We're seeing what uh, you know the bas- Even, basketball, baseball, all these programs are doing. I mean, these fans are are willing this damn program to to win. So maybe they can do it this fall, and and maybe you break a streak or two. And if you do that, you'll smash this over under. Absolutely. Even Kentucky, I just talked them up. You know, being a tough opponent, but the good thing is you do have them at home. So uh, yeah, the schedule is very favorable uh, with those home and away matchups. How about Missouri six wins last season in the regular season? Mm-hmm. It's a tough one, Shane, because hell, we got the head coach out here basically recruiting quarterbacks during his press conferences. <laughs> that that doesn't bode well for um, an offense that that lost Tyler Beatty to the NFL. Now we're, you know, our, our defensive coordinator jumped back to the NFL. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I mean, Missouri's a, a team, Shane. You t- you hype them up, they disappoint. You you hype I them know. down, they over, you know, they they exceed expectations. So. I would not be stunned if, if Missouri goes over, but I'm, I'm picking them under for now. Uh, what was the win total one more time? Six and six last year. Six. I'm going to – I'm looking. I'm, I'm just playing in my head here. I mean, it'd be close, brother. Um, I I don't know. I, I think part parts of me last year and everybody, hell, we were all super frustrated with Mizzou's defense. I've lost so much money – betting on Missouri last year I'm still a little sour about it but brother I I think I think Mizzou bounces back you know what I'm saying I I really do I I, I'm looking at this schedule MTSU Kansas State Albanon Christian I mean I don't even have to learn how to spell that one because they don't matter we're three wins in and and I think that's what Mizzou needs they need to know 
that they belong. They need to know how to win and, and create that kind of culture there. And uh, going into Auburn, I mean, like I said, there's a real shot if they go four and zero. There's a chance Brian loses his job after this game. That's how I I feel about it. And 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 there's nothing more than our lightsaber boy would like to do than get another <laughs> SEC coach fired. So I, I think I, I think if they get that quarterback situation figured out and they got three weeks to practice with it, I think they're going to be all right. So um, I'm I'm not very confident, but I like the over. Mm-hmm. How about South Carolina? Shade six last year. Of course, they did win the bowl games, but we're not counting those. But Six, over six, you got to feel great about the Gamecocks. The schedule's tough, but with with the additions, the offseason, I mean, hell, this fan base, Shane, they're – look at my mentions here. They're basically (laughs) locking it up that South Carolina's going to be no worse than number two in the East, so we got to go over on this one. Now, there there isn't a safer bet on this board than than over on South Carolina. Uh, the only thing I don't like is uh, who's who's their offense coordinator? <laughs> oh, Marcus Satterfield. There was was he the quarter? Was he the one last year? Yeah, un, yeah. Unfortunately. Okay, let me ask you a follow up question to that. Who's the quarterback in South Carolina? It's going to be Spencer Rattler. Yeah, he is also the offensive coordinator. They're going to let him draw in the sand, brother. And that's why I like the over. I, I I think we're going to see a totally different South Carolina. I think they came in here with a dream. They're focused, and it's it's his ball. What does he want to do? And they're going to build around him. And that's why I'm 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 excited about the South Carolina offense. Not to mention the defense. Sneaky defense last year, brother. I mean, there were some games. If not for that defense, they would not have stayed in them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I think putting these pieces together, safest bet, South Carolina, give me the over. Now, this one could be a little tricky, Shane. Florida Gators, six wins last season. And, mm-hmm. you know, the anticipation, everybody is loving Billy Napier. We're loving what he's doing. Killing it in the recruiting trail. Killing it, building a, a staff. He's hired about 100,000 people down there. The future is bright in Gainesville. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I caution, you know, when you when this is a complete teardown and a, and a complete, I don't want to say rebuild because they, they still got talent down there and, and they're yeah. doing well in the transfer portal. But, you know, it would not stun me, Shane, if Florida really comes out the gate slow and people mm-hmm. are saying, what the hell, Billy Napier, is this, is this guy in over his head? And then by, you know, October and November – Maybe they pull a couple upsets. I, th- I think that's probably the, the story we're going to get where it starts slow, gets stronger, mm-hmm. and year two, year three is when they'll really take off. So I'm kind of stuck on, on this one. The Gators, I mean, you, you got to think you'd go over, but I don't think it's a guarantee. I think uh, I think what, what you're trying to do if you're at the Gators is just get to the postseason given how difficult their schedule is right out the gate. Yeah. And that's the the downside. But by the time they are hitting on all cylinders, they're they're late in the season, and they're they're facing some serious opponents. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? When you when you see the Florida Gators schedule, you're, you're talking LSU, Georgia, A and M. These are late games. Um, short of South Carolina and Vandy, you know, and I think you're going to have to have that South Carolina game. It's not a gimme anymore. You're you're really going to have to work for it. I don't I don't I just I don't like the schedule. Um, I like the future. Okay, and as a Florida fan, I'm excited about the future of the Gators. But you got to realize they are gutting a system. They are mm-hmm. they are tearing it from the ground to the ground. You know what I'm saying? Right. They're just starting all the way from scratch, and 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 there's some bumps along the way when you do that. And a lot of that's going to be early in the season. 
And but I I think when this team does catch fire, uh, they're going to be good and they're going to be relevant and they're going to be competing for the East Championship once again. I just don't think it's going to be next year, brother. I think they they got at least another year uh, before they're doing that. But you can't sleep on talent, and the Gators still got talent down there. So as far as the win total, what was it last year? Five, six, six. Okay. Yeah, if it were five, I'd been more confident. Six, I think we're going to sidestep this one again. I'm going to play. I'm going to play Switzerland and go neutral here, brother. <laughs> I just, I think that's exactly where they're going to land. They're going to catch a game that you didn't expect, and I think they're going to drop one that you didn't think would happen. Mm-hmm. And then last team, Shane, we got to go over on this one. Vanderbilt, two and ten mm-hmm. in the in the rebuild year under Clark Lee. Slow process there, but you know, three, four, five wins. That's what you want to see if you're a Commodore. Next season, you got, we got to do better than two, don't we? Yeah. Now, let me ask you. I'm looking at their schedule. Okay, mm-hmm. Hawaii. That's where it is. Oh yeah, yeah. Give me the over on Vandy. I think, you know, you want to talk about starting from the scratch. You know, that's exactly what Vanderbilt's doing. And uh, and you saw it later in the year, man. These guys, they're scrappy. They play mm-hmm. tough. And, and that that's all with coaching and that's development and a, another off season of development. You're going to be looking at a, a, a Vanderbilt team that's got more competitive depth. So they're going to be able to last longer than they were here last couple of seasons. So, yeah, give me the over on Vandy. I think they sneak up and they catch, you know, a couple of SEC teams this year. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, buddy, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the show. I know you got mm-hmm. a pie just came out the oven, so <laughs> – you were uh, no blueberry cream pie from McDonald's for cousin Shane on this episode. Oh. He's got his own pie coming out the oven. What, what right, you cooking disclo- over there? What kind of pie? Full full disclosure, Mike. All right, so I was doing good, right? I was eating healthy. I was getting ready, and then all of a sudden we got hit with a winter storm, you know. Mm-hmm. And I went back to hibernation and survival. So what do we do? We go to the store and get a blueberry pie and you know a little ice cream and and while i waited and i'm not i'm not proud of this man and if you're if you're if you're fighting them demons like cousin shane you know there's maybe you're doing better than i am but they got these little easter candies out too brother and Mm -hmm. i don't know what these Reese easter eggs oh my god those those should be illegal i shouldn't be thinking about them you know what i'm saying like i think about them while i'm at work and stuff i'm like if I'm good today, I get a Reese egg. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, golly, man, they, they shouldn't be that good. So uh, maybe I should swap them out with uh, Peeps or something, you know, the worst Easter candy. Maybe yep. if they're sitting in my cabinet, I, I won't be tempted. But uh, but needless to say, my wife, she got the craving for a blueberry pie, and that has been done for about 10 minutes. I got two text messages, and she's already eaten her slice. So, yeah, I got to get off here. We got to celebrate an SEC championship, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So let's. I'll let you get. I'll get you off the line here, Shane. Just want to uh, uh, make an announcement. I got uh, an Arkansas guest coming on the line, so we're going to talk mm-hmm. some Arkansas spring football. What the Hogs are doing in the upcoming NCAA tournament. That'll be on the next episode. I'm going to try to reach out to some other people this week. Should be a loaded week of shows before this uh, NCAA tournament gets rolling. But I, I do appreciate you, Shane. I don't want to hold you up a yeah. second longer with this Mm-mm. pie on the line. So I, I well, hey, let me ask you, what's your favorite Easter candy? <laughs> oh, Easter candy. I mean, you kind of hit on it, man. The Reese's eggs are, are elite. Yeah. Uh, when I was growing up, I loved the Cadbury eggs. You couldn't go wrong <laughs> with that. I'm glad you said that. Uh, one of my favorite 
was a Cadbury egg. It, I mean, it was always wrapped a little shady. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Just sitting out there and half of it's open. People have been touching it. And you're just like. About what? Yeah. I, I'd say one out of three, one out of four was just so sticky. You couldn't even touch the thing. Yeah, it's just leaking. But I always thought of it like rich, rich kid candy. You know, it's like one of those things. <laughs> it was a delicacy at my house. You know, it's like, oh, my God, we've got to share that with my brother. You know, <laughs> and, and one I never really cared for, Shane, that, uh, you know, the, the bunnies. I mean, sometimes that's peeps. Those well, are no, 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 the, not, oh, not oh. the peeps, but you know, you'd get a the cho- hollow bunny. You get a chocolate bunny, and, and either it's hollow, and you bite into it, and, and half of it falls into your mm-hmm. lap, or you get the ones that are rock solid, and it's just <laughs> you know, you're sitting there gnawing on it like a like a dog on a bone. So, uh-huh. I'm not picky, but I would prefer not to eat a chocolate bunny if if I had uh, my pick. I'm, I'm oh, going man. with the Reese's. I'm going with the Cadbury egg, and uh, you know, I'm I'm good with that. I I like the rabbit. I, I always felt like I was, you know, it's like, oh, guess what? Who can't hear now? The rabbit. <laughs> Bite his ears off, you know. <laughs> you know the one I can't, I, I'm not a huge fan, and then I'll, we'll get off here. Um, uh, those, they do them like eggs. That they, they look like little Easter eggs, painted eggs, but they're really like those wampers or whatever. Mm. malt balls or you ever had those oh yeah I, they call them something whoppers i think is what they yeah. what they called them and i don't care how pretty they they paint those things just not a huge fan the, so they're like they're a knockoff m&m they're a little bit larger yeah soft, larger soft hollow well they, they got like a dry texture on the inside it's like they like they baked the chocolate too long or something like that it's just those that malt ball i can't remember what they're called <laughs> But yeah, those those are one of the worst ones. Not not as bad as Peeps, the marshmallow dudes, but um, but they're close, man. I, I I've I've gone in because some of them are like real chocolate. Like you'll eat an egg and it's like, oh okay, this is real milk chocolate. But then some you eat one and, it's, and it tastes like those, and you're just like, oh god, these are horrible. Your mouth's all dry and you ain't got nothing to drink. So, but anyway. I could talk all day about Easter candy, Mike. <laughs> I better, you can tell I'm getting hungry. I can smell that blueberry pie from in here, brother. So That's what but, I was thinking. Yeah. We get the ramblings of a man with pie and sweets on his mind. So That's right. Let's get him off so he can get that pie. But I appreciate your brother, as always, hopping on the line and talking some SEC football. I appreciate each and every one of you, and we will catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go Vols, baby. Ha, ha, ha.